Production. As of uh, today, Tua has not been cleared by doctors to resume football activities on the field with his teammates. So because of that and because of the time that um, he's missed, I can rule him out for Sunday. This is Dirt and Sprague. We uh, get another chance, you know, to play. Uh, We get a chance to go fight for a Super Bowl. Uh, Obviously, we got a tough opponent, but I think everyone's just locked in. And I've always had that thought process that if I did get an opportunity, that this is where we should be. We know that, you know, we can't just say, oh, we're happy to be in the playoffs. You know, there's more to it. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Morant around an Adams Street. Crosses over. Pirtle! He's got him again! Pirtle gets dunked on by John Morant. The same building had happened last year, and Morant went for part two, and that one was impressive. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Ah. Leader. I don't think we know what we're doing. Hello, 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 hello. I have no idea what's going on right now. Happy Tuesday. There's the horn. Everything okay? We got Yaka- I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Yakupertle highlight. We've got. Uh, we got hey, Miami Tua, Dolphin quarterback. Tua's not going to play. He's not going to play. Not going to play. I think he's out this weekend. Is that yeah. confirmed? I think it's out. I think the Bills are going to kill Miami. I love yeah. the Bills minus thirteen and a half. I can. See, you know, I can all see over that. that line. Yeah, Skylar Thompson. <laughs> There's no, no way he's going to throw some sick dimes no out chance. there, and no chance you're going to get a scoop and score fumble to open the second half and make you seriously threat. Are the Buffalo Bills going to win this game? or not that's there's no chance it's gonna happen it's a third string quarterback for the Dolphins the Dolphins are limping into the playoffs it's gonna be a bloodbath I can't see it I don't know how the Dolphins are gonna put more than you know 25 points on that (laughs) Buffalo Bills defense and honestly I I there's no way Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill actually are more at fault for their offensive woes than Skylar Thompson (laughs) there's just no way that's gonna happen how do they forget how to catch the football God, how bad do you wish what is going on, man? We could play that game of life. Those are the elements of Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day that I wish I could live. You want the Biff Tannen? I want I want the results before the game. Can you imagine breaking all this stuff down? Look, the Bengals are gonna really suck, but they're gonna catch the miracle of a lifetime on a ninety-nine <laughs> yard touchdown return. I got a weird feeling. There's gonna be a big play in that game. It's gonna benefit the Bengals, and they're gonna eke on to the divisional round. The Seahawks by the first half against the 49ers. <laughs> are going to make you believe they're pulling off that upset. It did kind of have that feeling for a bit, didn't it? Oh, I was texting people. Oh, were you? I, well, yeah. you're anti-Purdy. I don't know why. You've, you've turned against the Purdy. You've shunned the Purdy. This man might take you to the promised land. Your fandom could return to glory, and you're shunning him. I'm not anti-Purdy. I think you're anti. I'm just not all in the way the, the people. I'm going to throw you into this category. Oh, I'm in here, baby. I've been on Team Purdy since day one. People are acting like this dude is like some all-pro quarterback that's going to just destroy a Cowboy secondary. And I'm like, or throw two picks and cost them the divisional round. Now you know how I feel exactly about Jimmy Garoppolo for the last four years. Jimmy Garoppolo got all the credit when the 49ers would win games, and it drove me nuts. Just like it's stupid to give Brock Purdy the credit. He's he is a small sliver of the reason they are here. Small a sliver. A very yes. small sliver, just like Jimmy Garoppolo was. But he's a winner. He's been to a Super Bowl. He attempted eight passes in an NFC championship game. Well, you know what's funny is when when fandom creeps in for whatever team you're watching, and if you're on something like Twitter during a game, it's almost worse because if your team is struggling, 
especially in the playoffs where it's like, hey, you lose, you're done. It's it. Season's over. When your team is struggling and you see something dumb on Twitter, you almost either you either respond to it as an a-hole or you got to put it away. And Bill Barnwell, who I respect a whole hell of a lot, had this at halftime. He he comped the the first half rushing statistics, okay, and was like, despite San Francisco averaging seven yards a carry, they're passing more than they're running. And I went, <laughs> Bill, you're as analytically driven as there is in football. There's a 68 yard run sample in that running sample size yeah, that we have. Yeah, it's a bit of a skewer. Kind of skewing the old average there, though, Bill. There was also a 22 yard Debo Samuel run on the opening drive, I believe. That uh, so that's what 90 yards. I'm not good at math on two carries. Yes, and everybody in the comments did exactly that. I don't think he deleted the tweet, and I don't think he responded to anybody. But it was like, dude, there's two plays outside of that. They ain't getting nothing from that second that that no. uh, front for the Seattle Seahawks. No, I was yelling at my TV on the opening drive, run the football because Purdy was missing some guys, and then they had those two big runs, and I'm like, see, that's why you run the football. And then they didn't have anything the rest of the first half. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe they should throw the football. Maybe you got to let the kids sling it out. I I don't think, well, I don't know. If you were to play the Biff Tannen game, uh-huh. by the way, how was your break? Uh, Three-day weekend was great, man. Yeah. I got a lot of stuff done yesterday. Yeah. I, I took advantage of the opportunity. What does that mean? I got a lot of stuff done. When I people to the, say that, like, what does it mean? I always want to be like, what do you mean you got a lot of stuff done? You did two things and you got done? Like, no, did you do I, a whole day of I things? I did a full day of groceries. Well, not a full day, but I needed a big haul of groceries. Got all that done. Two other errands I needed to fill up with gas. I had to go drop something off. Got both of those done. Mm-hmm. I vacuumed the house. Mm-hmm. I did maybe six loads of laundry. Washed every every clothe, every towel, do you wash, every dog towel, every do you sheet. Her clothes? Uh, I don't wash her work clothes, but I do all the laundry at the house. Really? She wears scrubs to work, so I don't wash. Those are on her. You yeah. can wash those whenever you want. But in the laundry bin, I do all the laundry. Uh, I, I commend you for that. I can't do it. Well, here's the deal. They have buddy. too many different pairs of underwear, like well, yeah. strings and <laughs> full on. And like, I don't, what do, how do I sort this? Is it one clump? Do I put the stringy ones together? Do I put like the granny ones together? I don't know what I'm doing. So it's, I just, I just let her do it. Cause guess what? All my underwear are the same. Sometimes I just kind of wonder what kind of, what kind of panties could she be wearing? Do you, you ever know? just look like and a, go, I, I've never seen like these. A Does a... she just choose to wear these <laughs> when a... she's not around me or, <laughs> never seen these before what's going on these are really sexy what's going on here i t- i have told her very firmly if uh if there's anything that you don't want washed the normal washing way don't put it in the hamper and th- those are the rules of our house okay. I, d- I do all the laundry okay it, because she has a couple of bras that are like hey that can't go in the dryer and i'm like then don't put it in the la- i'm not sifting through i'm not gonna not go i'm not going item by item and saying okay that can go here that can go here i'm ta- i'm grabbing hamper washer dryer back in the hamper fold it's done yeah and so if you got anything you want washed separately uh you got to do it i i do the laundry though because i work three hours a day you know I mean, that's a fair... Yeah. I, I, I get would, home and I'm like, all right, uh, you know. Yeah. She gets home from a 12-hour day. I keep it like, hey, honey, I'm out of clean underwear. <laughs> Can you make me a ham sandwich while you're at it? Where's my socks, wench? <laughs> I'm watching the cowboy game. Let's go, cowboys. <laughs> we got any chips? It doesn't really fly that way, you know? I, I commend that, but my problem, again, is mm-hmm. now I have I have three humans in you my have, house. You have more clothes to wash than I do. Right, yeah. and, like, I don't... My biggest nightmare, my daughter just turned 11 yesterday. and God, so How the, old do you feel? Oh, dude, don't get me started. <laughs> and the whole weekend is a birthday party, right? It started yeah. on Friday night with a sleepover that ended at like 3.30 a.m. And it went all the way into yesterday at the end of the night. And so 
I'm I have this like moment where I'm I'm being old dad and I'm like, oh my god, my kid's old, my kid's <laughs> getting old, and I got sad and I got excited for her because she's she likes getting older. And then as we speak of laundry, like part of the reason I don't do laundry is I don't want to, I don't want to be doing laundry. I don't want to be laundry guy. And then in like five years, that stringing underwear is not for my wife. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. And that's how I come to find out what the situation is because she's point. older and she's dating or whatnot. And I'm like, ah, I don't point. want that. The other problem is my wife is a folding Nazi. Oh. She has this particular way of folding, whereas, like, I probably fold a very cringeworthy way to many people, but I fold. <laughs> sure. And she will unfold if I fold <laughs> and then fold her away. So it's like, what's kind of the point of me doing this? Yeah, you, yeah you're 0 for 2 there. There's no, there's no reason for you to do laundry. None. That's, that, that is, I think, every father with a daughter's, like, nightmare scenario of seeing something that you don't want to see in the laundry. So right. I don't want to go anywhere near that. Yes. The mom's already used to it. She wears, you know, hey, it's like, all, you're all good. You guys are on the same team. You're on the same tribe. You do the laundry. If you see something, you, you're not going to freak out the way that I'm going to freak out. The folding thing is funny, though. Like, the idea of folding clothes a special way only to then unfold them and put them on. It's one of the more funny things that we do in well, life. Well, it's, it's about um, she folds it a certain way for storage purposes. Okay. Because she has realized that she doesn't have to give as much away. Ah, she gets more closet and yeah. shelf space if, if she, she folds neatly. Yes, she <laughs> maximizes the storage by the way that she folds, whereas, like, mine's just a big-ass clump, and sometimes my drawers open and sometimes they don't, and... <laughs> We just figure it out as we go. We just jam it in there, man. I don't put anything together. I don't fold anything right. nicely. It's all just slowly wedged into one of the three drawers that I have. I love a good jam's worth. That's yeah. all. That's all you need, that's man. All I do. You just jam it on in there. Now this might be controversial, but when I'm done with laundry, I don't put my wife's. I don't put her clothes away. Like that's. I'll draw the line there. Like I do all the laundry in the house. I will fold them. I'll put them on her, like on top of the dresser, on her side of the dresser, yeah. and then I leave them there. That's and fair. I, I feel like that's a fair compromise. That's fair. Like you, I don't know where this, where you want this shirt to go, and you have like leggings in this area and this area. Right. I don't know where these leg. Like I'm not. You're just gonna come home and yell at me for putting something in the wrong spot. You can go ahead and put that away. It's also the worst chore to have. I, I, you know, again, I'm commending you for this because you, as you mentioned, work yeah. three hours a day. It is easily the worst chore. Laundry sucks. You know, you hear it. It's going. Do -do -do -ding -do -ding. It's like, okay, now you All need right. to switch it. Here we go. Hopefully you get up off your fat ass. You move it as it dings. You move it over to the dryer. You put it in. I, on the other hand, hear that ding. And guess what I forget to do? <laughs> My wife left the house on Saturday and was like, hey, switch the laundry over when it dings. Okay. I was sitting in the living room. I was watching football doing nothing. I'm on it, honey. And it, it dinged. And guess what? I was like, eh, I'll change at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> I get to it. After the game, game ended, yeah. and she was going to be home in like thirty minutes. I'm like, oh oh no! The laundry wasn't even soaking wet anymore. It was like barely damp, wet. And I'm like, oh no! You just went air dry. It's a new way of drying. Look at you saving the environment one load of laundry at a time. Hey, you know, then I put it in the dryer for about an hour and a half, and I'm like, it's <laughs> a big load. I don't know what to do. I hate it. I hate. I and I always it lose socks, suck, yeah. and I'm. It, I have no socks. Where are my socks going? They fall in between, man. I think I've lost two or three socks. I even witnessed them slowly fall behind the dryer. And I'm like, I'm not getting that. That sock's staying there. There's Some family's going to find that sock in 40 years when they buy a new dryer for this house. Somebody made a good point that I saw a while ago. Why don't we just wash our socks with just socks? 
There's no way I could lose a sock if it's just in a sock. Yeah, it's not going to get stuck in a sweater or, like, tied up in no a T-shirt. Yes. And you're going to put your T-shirt on that morning and be like, oh, there's my sock. I've had a, I've had a sock in my hoodie. <laughs> I've had a, I put my hoodie on, and I'm like, what is on my back? And I, you know, I reach up and I <laughs> shake it out, and that? a sock dropped out. <laughs> that is the worst part about the thong washing of the wife is that right. they're so small. Tiny. You can't see them. It's oh. like, how do you even wear it? How is this your day-to-day? I don't understand it. I need security. I need something that's going to cover me up. This oh. is this is like nothing. I and it, they they you they fall and they stick and they're all over your clothes. Like I put a sweatshirt on one time and inside my hood was a thong. Really? I thought that would have been kind of funny to walk around with. Imagine that all day. if that was at work <laughs> like, and you were just like, "What is this?" And you pull it out and live on air. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay, all right. This is wife's underwear. This is a little awkward. Why are you sniffing it? <laughs> I don't know how they wear those. I don't get it, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I've put a thong on before, not my wife's, and it's so uncomfortable. I don't know how they function with it. It doesn't make sense. My man. wife, I just, I'm like, hey, wear whatever. I don't, I'm not in college. I don't care. It's, I love you for who you are. I don't need to see a, a piece of dental floss. No. That doesn't do anything for me anymore. No, I've kind of moved past that. It's stage. like you know, you want to w- make wear sexy granny panties, <laughs> whatever that whatever that is, you know, whatever that is, just wear that. That seems far more comfortable than what you're currently wearing. Yeah, you don't need to be uncomfortable for no. me on my behalf. Lord knows, I'm not going comf- you know, like fancy for you. No, all I wear is comfortable clothes. It was one of those swimming thongs, you know, that guys um, in Europe wear. Yeah, yeah. I tried it on. I. God, it was uncomfortable. Did it wedge up your butt crack? It's just, yeah, it's just sitting there, and you just, I don't know. I didn't like it. That's not good for anybody. Swag, what'd you do? Did you wear any thongs this weekend? What'd you get into? I don't know why, but I pictured you yesterday as you were watching your former team play. I I was wondering what Swag does on a day off, and my best guess is this. Knowing you, you're a sicko. You probably went to a pilot's practice. No, I did not. You probably Good smoked you. a pork butt. Uh, and then you just watched every possible sporting event that television could have possibly provided and just said, this was awesome. Uh, I slept in a little bit. Okay. Uh, went for a uh, big, long, uh, big, long walk slash run. Okay. Solo? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, Shirtless, because it was sunny yesterday. Uh, it was not that warm. All right. I did have shorts on, I though. It was a nice day. I was jealous. It was nice. It I went earlier in the day, too. I went at like uh, 1030 in the morning. Okay. Uh, watched the Kraken game because they had a 1 o'clock afternoon game. Yeah, there it is. Ding, ding. And then... Uh, the Red Hot Kraken, by the way. What? The Red Hot Kraken. Yeah, unfortunately, they ran into the Red Hot two-time defending cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, and the, the winning streak uh, came to an end. But they did uh, they did make NHL history on their road trip. First team to ever go 7-0 and on a roadie. Yep. <laughs> How about that? The highlight of the weekend under the radar was you spoiling a Kraken game for Jason Swigart. <laughs> that might be my highlight of the three-day weekend. You tweet. I see a notification on my phone, and it's about shots on goal and goals in the first period. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go again, Swag. Will not stop texting us about the Seattle Kraken. And I want to every time give him like the remember the Titans girl in the stands. Nobody cares. That's what I want to respond. Yeah. But I open my phone up and it is not from, it doesn't say swag about no. the text. It says Brandon Spray. Yes. And I thought there's football games going on right now and you're texting us about the Kraken. I'm chronicling another uh, epic uh, loss at the kennel. <laughs> Swag just responds, I DVR'd the Dude, game. Dude, I'm taping <laughs> Swag this. Swag says, sorry. Sorry, my bad.
I taped it. The you one time ass. I text about hockey and your team, and it's the one yeah. time I ruined the game for you. <laughs> By the way, big weekend for big week for you. It's a shorter week for us. Big week for you. We're getting the on Friday. I'm gonna give you a couple more days here. You're gonna pick your new football team. I gotta. You said divisional round weekend. It's I said weekend. after the divisional round weekend. No, you said going know. into divisional round. We I need to check know. the tape here. I think he wants to go back to his ex after last night. I think he was watching that, thinking, mm. Mm, mm, mm. "That's a that's a sneaky good point." I actually think he's he's pivoting the other way because he is he's been one. He knows that right when everybody buys it, it's when it all goes and hits the fan. It could, or they go on a run of the Super Bowl. I've said playing that on a rookie show, quarterback this weekend. If you told me they get to the uh, NFC Championship game, I'm not going to be surprised when they play well. Eagles, they play well. Eagles and Giants are beatable. I think the Giants are beating the Eagles. Ooh. I'm loving. I'm loving a lot of dogs this week, and the only favorite ooh, ooh, I ooh. like are the Chiefs. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like three of the four games. I love the dogs. I think we're getting a lot of barking this weekend. A lot of barking this weekend. Now, hold this for my Colin Coward. I was way wrong, but I won't mention it on the show bit, okay? <laughs> Where Sprague was right. Where Sprague was wrong. <laughs> uh, well, it's good to be back. Nice three-day weekend. I hope everybody that got the day off enjoyed it. For those that worked, God bless you. And we are good to be we're, – we're, we're happy to be here. We're happy to be back in your lives and talking a whole lot of football today because, boy, what a super wild card weekend it was. Let's get it going. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader. 1080. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. Sam Monson of ProFootballFocus.com will join us coming up at uh, the Daily Ticker. Uh, We do have the mail sack. We'll get to the mail sack today. So get those mail sack questions in at the fan text line. 503-250-1080. That's still the number, right? I had somebody. Still the number. Okay. As far as I know. Yes, it is still the number for now. I had a listener tell me that the number bounced back that it didn't, it wasn't working. So that's, oh. and then I said, "Why? Well, I'm not in work. I don't know. Maybe I somebody haven't. blocked them. We do have the ability to block your ass." Well, we didn't talk about this on uh, Friday, obviously, because we got out of here. But you, you tweeted out a photo for some reason. I'm, you said you were going to start doing it, and then you didn't do it today. So uh-huh. I'm curious why you did it. Oh yeah, I don't know. I th- I wanted to try a new thing of tweeting out like, "Hey, we're here in the morning." I was going to start that, and then you just stopped. Well, the and first then one day. listener responded that they could see the Wi-Fi of our building, and I'm now I'm like worried that engineering going to come bark at me and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, we gave our Wi-Fi password out <laughs> on social media and so our engineer emailed everybody in the company and said they've ruined everything and I have to reset passwords. They've now corrupted the system. And, and so thanks to us, we've ruined the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> Shout out us. Look at us. We're making moves And I was catching here. strays for that while I'm sitting on my couch enjoying uh, not having to get up at the crack of dawn. Well, to my, it's actually my fault. Dirt took the photo, but it's kind of my fault because somebody alerted us and Dirt goes, oh, the Wi-Fi password. I go, ah, it's already out there, brother. Just <laughs> nothing we can do about <laughs> it now. Just leave the photo out there. The people have seen it. Let's just keep moving along. Act like nothing happened. Well, Jordan took it because Jordan was filling in for you because you did the late game. And, and I meant for him to take it over there. I, he didn't have. I, he came I, into the studio and took it. That was very. I mean, I, it was a power move on his part. But I was totally fine with a through the glass photo. Well, well, I think the through the glass. There's two different. There's a pain on your side and a pain on our side. And I think when you get a pic, it's gonna make it look weird. So it was probably good if you want to do that. Double pane glass, and you're still a pain in my ass. I like that. So Jordan <laughs> is over here. He takes the photo, and. You gotta just, ri- you have to zoom in to see the Wi Fi. And I just, I've never cared about company Wi Fi. 
And so the fact that listeners were zooming in and going, hey, nice Wi-Fi password. Hey, look at your Wi-Fi password. I was like, okay, that's actually pretty impressive. I don't know what you do with a Wi-Fi password. I don't know. I don't don't know. know. Can you you hack the system? Yeah, hack the system, I guess. All right. I feel like our system's hacked all the time, but what do I know, you know? Yeah. Maybe you walk past our building just so you get free (laughs) Wi-Fi. You're going to come just sit outside the building and wave at us. Yeah, using the Wi-Fi. My dumbass was like, why is this a problem? Like, if you're not in our building, what do you care? Yeah, don't worry about it. But I guess I guess it was a big deal. What was for you this weekend? I I, I want to get to a lot of things. I just want to ask. Don't dive into it. What was the what was your most enjoyable game? Because I thought we got a great weekend of football. You can argue, okay, a couple halves weren't that good, but I think overall, Super Wild Card weekend. I mean, compared to last year, remember the Eagles getting smoked oh, yeah. by the Bucks? There was only, I mean, really the only boring parts of the weekend were the second half of Seattle-San Francisco. But even that, the third quarter, you were still sticking around because Seattle had the lead at the half. And so you thought, wow, this is there something going on here? And the, yeah. the 49ers eventually pulled away. The I way. thought they were doing some good, smart, good, good things against San Francisco. I didn't think that they... I thought that might go down to the wire. I wasn't yeah. thinking blowout. Well, we all had the same feeling from Miami Buffalo, like, oh, Buffalo's going to kill them at 17 nothing early, and the next thing you know, you're like, oh, my God, it's a halftime game. I thought the second half was going to go exactly the way San Francisco-Seattle did. They get the touchdown early. I, I think the, the game that I enjoyed the most this weekend, though, was Baltimore-Cincinnati. Uh, just for all the, the extending storylines of what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, the comments that came out in the locker room after the game, the players now saying we should, you know, we can't win without him. We need Lamar Jackson back. We win that game if he plays. Yeah, but did you see what Sammy Watkins said before they played? I did, and I thought that was a pretty stupid comment on his too. part. And I'm glad that guys like RG3 have stepped up and said, no, like this changed the trajectory of my career playing on one knee in a playoff game. It's not worth it for one game. Uh, he needs to look out for himself in the long term. And Cincinnati wasn't great, but a lot of it was because they didn't have a healthy offensive line, and they that's a lingering story they for them They lost another now. one. They lost another guy. They were down three starting offensive linemen. They only mustered one offensive touchdown in the second half, and that had the the vibes. The vibes on Sunday were building up as this is going to be kind of a weird day. You know, the, the Dolphins and Bills game didn't go the way that I thought. I wasn't surprised that the Giants won, but they kind of controlled most of that game. And so I ended up throwing a pretty decent uh, money line bet on Baltimore. Just thinking, hey, it's kind of a weird day. Baltimore could pull this off, threw some money on them, and that's a brutal way to lose a bet because if you don't have a 99-yard fumble return for a touchdown, I think Baltimore wins that game, and it's crazy what the narrative is. Instead, Burrow, his defense helps him out, and look at that. He's a winner. I want to dive into these games here and we'll talk about the Chargers and what they did against the Jags but um like what is what is the what's your mindset what's your thoughts I was thinking about this on my drive in how different or weird would it have been to come into this show and we're talking about the Miami Dolphins with Skylar Thompson and the Baltimore Ravens with Tyler Huntley beating the Bengals and the Bills like what I, I couldn't wrap my brain around the thought, but both games damn near went the other way. We were a couple of plays away from that happening, which is insane. And it's why we love the NFL playoffs. Like we said it all last week. It, I had a hard time finding one of these lower seeds that was going to go on a run or pull off an upset. But we all knew and we acknowledged the entire week. It's the NFL. It's going to happen. I, we just had a hard time identifying who's it going to be. The Giants weren't a big underdog. That, to me, wasn't a huge upset. They just no, played a couple I, weeks ago as a last-second field goal. I thought but, that wrong team was favored in that game. That's why I took the Giants. <laughs> 
plus three. Exactly. But <laughs> Seattle pushing them in the first half after getting smoked in two regular season mm-hmm. games and having they couldn't do anything against San Francisco. Nothing. And they led it the half on the road in a playoff game in Miami down 17 nothing, 17 nothing out of the gate. I was laughing, thinking this is the easiest bet I've ever won. Same this is, here. It's going to be 42 to nothing. They're not going to score. They can't move the football. And they had chances late in that game. I, uh, I hate to tell you this. I know not everybody cares, but we still like to share what we're feeling. I can't tell you, the Buffalo Bills cost me a lot of my money. I put the Buffalo Bills in everything. Yeah. I think the only bet I won this weekend, the only one, was Giants plus three, just straight up. I took the Giants plus three. Well, you hit on your Chargers and Jags over, so I well, hope you bet that. N- well, that here's the problem. I parlayed it. Uh, I no. didn't bet it by itself. I parlayed it Ouch. in a few of my Bills bets, and Ouch. so uh, I got... Dirt. I had the Bills at three and a half. I had the Bills at what seven and a half. I had the Bills first half at seven and a half. I had the Bills at thirteen and a half. Like I, I just I could not succeed. My only saving grace on Sunday night was I got desperate and I was like, no, I'm not ending on a loss. And I went hard on a Blazer Bengal money line parlay. Oh, babe. And I'm going to tell you right now, You're when happy that Huntley play return. happened, I I was like, I'm going to lose everything this weekend. Yes! 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 He's like, why are you yelling at a random AFC playoff game? I was Kramer at the horse track. <laughs> go, 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 go. And I thought Andrews was going to chase him down. They did miss a blatant block in the back on that play, too. They he got shoved did. in the back on like the 25-yard line. And I just, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, oh, my God, did they circle the wagons. It was um, They almost died of dysentery. I it couldn't believe me. it. They absolutely killed me, man. I hit every. I had a big teaser bet of every other game. I bet the Jags up to you know what nine and a half, ten and a half. Bet the Niners down easily covered. I had the Jags at twelve and a half. Twelve and, and a half down. What twenty seven nothing? And I'm like, well, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> the teaser's gonna lose on like game number two of the weekend. This was great. Bet the. Uh, I I bet the Giants up to whatever it was ten and a half. Uh, bet the bank or excuse me the Ravens up. I bet yeah. the Cowboys down to an underdog. Like I. I hit everything except for Buffalo minus. I think I got them at five and a half, thinking there's no way they. You just got to win by a touchdown. That's all I'm asking here, and they they couldn't do it. It was insane. They. Uh, I saw Costos, uh, Ken Barkley's co-host of You Better You Bet, and uh, somebody tweeted him was like, "Man, how how good's it gonna feel when we cash this Cowboy bet?" Because they were up twenty four nothing, and he goes. You've obviously never gambled. This game is not over. Stop. <laughs> As a Chargers minus two and a half better, I know that very well. Man. Not over until it's over. No, no, it's not. Well, let's let's start. Let's start. Let's dive into some games here. We'll get it going here. Sam Monson's going to join us at 730. And again, the mail sack is at 815. So let's get it going. We'll dive into some of these games next. Dirt and Sprague. No All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. The New York football giants. How about that win in Minnesota? Dude, that was awesome, man. I, there, I, one of the themes of this weekend for me was being happy for quarterbacks. Vanilla Vic. And I was really happy. Like, Dak Prescott yesterday, that was really cool. Like, that guy's been through a lot. And he gets, you know, whenever he loses, we're all the first ones to jump out down his throat. Lord knows I was last week. It was cool to see him play well. Say, Daniel Jones, I think you could pretty strongly argue, won them that game. He put the team on his back. Saquon Barkley helped a ton, too. 
but he he was terrific. Uh, I think there was only three quarterbacks that had a higher QBR than him this weekend, and it was Dak, who was about as good as you could be he yesterday. He was lights out yesterday. Uh, Purdy, who all those yards after the catch yeah. and the yards that he compiled. Cousins, who actually played a pretty good game outside of one bad snap. And and Daniel Jones, he had the fourth highest QBR in the entire NFL wildcard weekend. And, like, imagine me telling you that on Friday. Mm-hmm. The Giants are not – they're going to go in and win. doesn't surprise you. They're going to win because of quarterback play. Would have never guessed that. Daniel Jones became – the first player ever to throw for 300, rush for 75 or more, have two tutties, and get a win in the playoffs. Ever. Like, if you would have said that stat to me Friday, I would have been like, no, Steve Young did that, right? Mike Vick did that, right? Colin Kaepernick. Like, somebody, somebody had to have done that. And he became, like, he was trending. He was trending under the name Vanilla Vick. <laughs> he he couldn't be stopped. I Brian Dayball, to me, you know, Kyle Shanahan, exceptional job. Third-string quarterback. I get it. Kyle Shanahan deserves his flowers. I think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in football. Um, what Nick Sirianni did in Philadelphia was really good. Those teams had expectations. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, I, I went back to my own thoughts. I had zero expectation for the Giants. I thought they'd maybe be the worst team in that division. That division, by the way, that we all trashed going into the year now has three of the final four. Yeah, it's Niners versus the NFC East. Basically, that's what it is. And and so I just I had no expectation with Daniel Jones this season that Brian Dayball was going to do to Daniel Jones what he did to Josh Allen. And I'm not saying they're going to start thinking about him as the franchise guy. God knows what they're going to do. But, damn, when you have a coach that good, it, it changes the way you kind of – structure your team and the moves you make because now you've seen even in a makeshift year that many would classify as a rebuilding year with a new regime you can still win a playoff game with yep. that guy yep I, he and it's not just his legs his legs were good his legs posed a huge threat i was amazed how locked in he was with hodgins by the way go beeves <laughs> uh slayton richie james like he was dialing them all up all over the field. And I know Minnesota's defense is absolute trash. Not good. And they were the most fraudulent team in football this year, and it showed itself on on Sunday, or or, Sunday. But that was an impressive performance, I thought, by Daniel Jones. It really was. I mean, I I think at the start of the year, we were all in agreement the Giants are probably a team that's just going to punt this season, right? Yet You made your offensive hire. That's good. You're going to suck this season. Daniel Jones is at the end of his rookie contract. You're probably not going to extend him. And you get a good draft pick, and you you find your quarterback from Brian Dayball, and there you go. You're going to be off and running. That's kind of I think that was my opinion of the Giants back in August. Never in a million years did I think that they would not only make the playoffs but win a playoff game. And it, it's going to be a testament to – this will be a theme throughout the show today as we look at different situations of teams that won and lost – it shows what can happen when you make a good hire at head coach. And we said this all the way back in week one. They had a game in week one. I think they were playing Tennessee, and they went for two to win the game. And it was just immediate. Like, you could see the buy-in from the players. You could see the aggressive nature in which he coached. I thought this game, outside of a couple of questionable play calls by uh, by uh, Minnesota, they called that throwback from Jefferson to Kirk Cousins early in the game. Didn't understand that Didn't one. make sense. They had a key drive late where they went screen-screen on first and second down, and then third down didn't convert, and they had the 
the punt. I thought this, though, considering the, the way they went for it on fourth down, the aggressive play calling for the most part was probably the best coach game of the entire weekend. There weren't a lot of things to nitpick for either side, and especially Brian Dayball. For Daniel Jones to be this successful, it is a testament to his offensive mind. Mike Kafka's going to get a head coaching job, likely this offseason. He's getting interviewed all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you pointed to one of the biggest things. like He was 24-35 for 300 yards and two touchdowns, didn't turn the football over. His QB rating was a 114. How many receiving cores that are left in the NFL playoffs would you take ahead of the New York Giants? Because I think the answer is either all of them, except for maybe Baltimore might be the only one that you put in the category. Like, Hodgins is a great story. He has come on late. He's not a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Hell, they almost lost the game because Darius Slayton dropped a wide open pass on third down. Daniel Jones hit him right over the middle, right in the numbers on the hands, and he dropped it, and that gave Minnesota the final chance before Kirk Cousins checked down. Yeah, Like, to be that explosive as an offense without – Guys that I would argue were game changers at wide receiver. They traded Kadarius Tony early in the year. Like it, it's remarkable, and it's what good coaching and a great offensive scheme can do for you. And to see Daniel Jones thrive on the biggest stage, we'll see what they do this weekend in Philly. But it was a lot of fun, man. I was really happy for him. Well, I mean, they're they're going to go to Philly, and you know they're already a I think a seven and a half point underdog. They played them tight, in the, and then they played in the last week of the season. They the, played them tight. The, well, yeah, and that was a weird game because Philly wanted to win. They brought Hurts back, but Giants didn't play anybody. He didn't look healthy and nope. he got banged up a little bit and and look Philly is the better team but that's the thing about the playoffs man it's like you just need one game that's just all you got to do is scheme one game nobody would bat an eye if Philadelphia beat the Giants dirt but there is an air to them like I just liked seeing their confidence they went into that game and immediately you could just tell all oh, the, Gi- the Giants aren't effing around today they scored I think on their first three drives of the game uh, I want to say. say you're right on that and there's I was thinking of like how I felt about watching them do what they did. It kind of felt Harbaugh first year with a 49ers vibe where he got them to the NFC Championship game. They coincidentally lose to the Giants on that muffed punt, but like nobody thought the Niners were going to take that step that year. Alex no. Smith was a bum. He was done. And Dayball just has it where he connects with his players in a way and to get him to the divisional round, I mean, that's that's just a hell of an effort by him. I think they got a shot. It's Monday. We'll see what injury reports say. We'll continue to see how we feel about this as the week goes on, or it's Tuesday, excuse me. But I, I just when you play this, when you play this loose style of football where you believe in yourself, and Philly had the week off, they're a little banged up. They kind of, I wouldn't say limped in, but they're not feeling as great as they once yeah. were. Yeah, like. There's an air to that, and it's a divisional game, so they know each other really well. You know it's going to be tight. The divisional games we saw this weekend, I mean, hell, San Francisco-Seattle, I thought would be a bloodbath, and they led at halftime, third time around. You know the strengths, you know the weaknesses, you know the way you want to attack them. Baltimore probably should have beaten Cincinnati. They just lost to them a week ago by 11, and so divisional round matchups, are when you, or when you play a divisional opponent uh, in the playoffs, it's usually a little bit closer. How about the redemption of Saquon Barkley, too? Oh, a hell of a and game by him. Where yeah. he's been, I mean, you you look at the Giants the last couple of years, I know Giants fans have been pissed at Gettleman, and he was pretty incompetent with the way that he spent money, uh, although I, I do like the blocking highlights of Galladay. But you look at the way they've hit on the draft, Saquon Barkley finally healthy and having one of those years that you wanted to, still probably shouldn't have taken him or they did, but 
that's the that's history now. And he he's had a good season for you, a big impact this weekend. Kayvon's come on really strong at the end of the year. They've drafted a couple of offensive linemen that Dexter fit in. Lawrence with Dexter the most Lawrence, pressures, like, pressures this week. Up front, they're really they're really talented. And yeah. so it's it's given Daniel Jones a puncher's chance mixed with a great offensive game plan that they're they're pretty good on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And when you can do that in the postseason, and on top of that, I think another theme of this weekend for me was in the second half of playoff games, you have to have the ability to run the football. You just do. And I, there's there's a bunch of games that we can point to, and we'll get to all of them. But if you don't have the ability to run the football, your life in the second half of a playoff game, especially in cold weather, is going to be very challenging. And I know Daniel Jones had a lot to do with it. But having a quarterback that is that threat and then Saquon Barkley on top of it, I mean, they ran for 150 yards nearly on the Vikings as a team. The Vikings ran for 60. That was a very lopsided stat. And they have the ability to, to pound the rock when they need to. Uh, Dayball seen smoke in a Stoke high five and Giants fans, which I just I love. He's a Stogie coach, and I love that. He was asked by a reporter after the game if he walked on water or multiplied loaves and fishes, <laughs> and his answer was, "quote I'd sink like a son of a bitch." End quote. <laughs> He's great. That's a great. And line, by dude. the way, kudos to him. He deserves a lot of recognition today. His team's going to get the attention. You say Daniel Jones. I actually thought Barkley kind of set their tone early offensively. He came out in that big run, got the touchdown. He was fired up. Dayball is going to get a a, a lot of recognition today, and he should. That was a guy that many years ago, people thought that guy was a bum. It's like, eh, he's not that good of an offensive mind. Kudos to him. And, of course, where did he turn his entire career around? (laughs) Saban University. Where every great coach goes to restore their image and learn how to coach football again. Brian Dayball and his goatee, man. They're coming for the divisional round. Every fired college football coach that wants to coach again should just be an intern for like a year or two at Alabama, learn how to coach football, and then go back and get into the coaching business again. I did feel bad for our Viking brethren, man. That's uh, they, the, playoff, the, the playoff failures continue for them. I think they knew. Here was Paul Allen. I was actually... Paul Allen's famous for having, like, really good calls on brutal, heartbreaking plays. I was a little surprised. Here was Paul Allen's call on Kirk Cousins, fourth and eight, and he threw it three yards. I I did not quite understand this one, but here was Paul Allen's call. It's the entire season. Fourth and eight from the Vikings, 48. If they don't get a first down, the New York Giants win the game. Cousins takes the snap. Thibodeau blitzes. Kirk throws right. Claude Hawkinson shy of the first down, and he stopped at the Giants 49. And uh, the New York Giants are heading to Philadelphia for the divisional round of the postseason, having beaten the Minnesota Vikings 31-24. I mean, that whole operation there, Hawkinson, like 235 yards in two games against the Giants. But uh, that whole operation there, man, that, I mean, that was just super short. Yeah, it was. I mean, we, and we caught a break as Slayton drops a, what should have been a first down. That's that's the sound of a man who knows that a team he's calling play-by-play for is absolutely fraudulent in record, and their stats bared out kind of who they were in that matchup against the Giants. For him to not have like a over-emotional call, remember he was, the, this isn't Detroit, man, this is the Super Bowl. When Favre threw the pick that cost him the NFC title game. He sounded like a guy that I think went into that game and was like, well, 
I'm not expecting us to win. Yeah, I, it was. You actually had a game where Kirk Cousins showed up and played really well in the playoffs. He, he everybody's going to remember the fourth down throw. Why, I thought, why did he throw that pass? I don't know. It's, what was I don't that? know. I have no excuse for it. That's a horrible throw. Just like, let Jefferson anything, try. Just lob it up to maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't know what the hell's going through his mind, but he was under constant pressure. I had the number. Uh, let me try and find this real quick. Oh, his pressures were. He was being pressured all day. He was under pressure on 49 percent of his dropbacks. Daniel Jones, you know what his pressure? rate was 16%. Oh, he was untouched. They couldn't get to him, and when they did, he would find a way to scramble and run. So Kirk was under heat the entire game. I thought he played great. Uh, They couldn't really run the football. Hawkinson had a big game. They did a good job of bottling up and, and bracketing Justin Jefferson. But what was their issue all year? Their defense sucked. It was terrible. All season. And the offense bailed them out time and time again. They'd come back in games. They'd win these crazy close games because the offense would have the ball last. Their defense was fraudulent all season, and it was fraudulent again this weekend. So it's it's a rare occurrence where it's not Kirk Cousins' fault that they lost a playoff game, but everybody's going to remember the fourth down throw, and I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I had to tweet you on that one. I just thought of <laughs> oh, you. Oh, I know. Like, oh, I, yeah, that was like, I thought the same thing. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? It's fourth and ten. Just throw, throw a pick. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered at it that game, point. It's a punt. It's yeah. an arm punt. Just yeah. throw it. Uh, more on the playoffs from Super Wild Card Weekend next on the Get to uh, the meltdown that happened in Jacksonville to Herbie and the uh, Chargers. The Ravens, there have been five, the five longest defensive return touchdowns in playoff history. Do you know the Baltimore Ravens have two of the top five ever? What was the other? What was the? Do you remember Lamar in Buffalo? Super windy playoff I game. Do. He threw the pick six, a hundred and one yards right. in the end zone. They ran it all the way yeah. back. That was like a seventeen three. Like that was a close game. That was there was ten three. The Ravens That's were at right. like the eight yard line. He threw the pick at like a yard into the end zone, and Ouch. they pick sixed it to the house. And I think that was the final was seventeen three. Ouch! So they went from potentially tying and maybe winning on the road to. Game's over. That was still in the Lamar can't win a playoff game era. That was before his, uh, be- I believe. No, that no, was I think that was his that first was after win. the yeah. Tennessee game. That's right, divisional round in Buffalo. That was his first win, and then they lost that. And they're like, "See, Lamar can't win a playoff <laughs> game." Well, okay, uh, and Baltimore goes in there. Huntley, Lamar's not even at the game, which. Man, I, I think that's a whole subplot of the year, right? The offseason, it's like, what is happening with Lamar and the Ravens? They seem like they're way on different pages. And they might tag him. The report is that they want to franchise tag him. And if he don't want to be there, he's going to do what he can to get traded, I think. And there's a lot of teams that would probably trade a decent haul for Lamar Jackson. But yes, there are. Tyler Huntley's instead at the quarterback position for Lamar Jackson. And they go into Cincinnati, and, and they, they play a hell of a game defensively, causing all these problems for Cincinnati. Cincinnati's down another offensive lineman. And they're at, like, the one-yard line. And then the one-and-a-half caught the two. And Tyler Huntley, with the ball, tries this play, and this is what happens. Third down and goal from the one. Huntley sticks the ball out. The Bengals have the ball. They are running it back. Sam Hubbard with blockers behind him. Hubbard to the Ravens, 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Bengals. Tyler Huntley tried to extend the ball (laughs) over the goal line. It got poked away. Sam Hubbard scooped it up and ran the length of the field for a go-ahead Bengals touchdown. He tried to pull a Trevor Lawrence, and the Bengals said no. They slapped it out of there. Logan Wilson punched the ball out of the hands of Tyler Huntley. And right into the hands of Sam Hubbard. 
And boy, Logan Wilson, others, everybody was swatting it at, at that football. And Sam Hubbard says, I'll take it to the house. And boy, who threw the block for Sam Hubbard down the football field? His escort service, one final block was necessary, and it was made for him. So that was the uh, Cincinnati Bengals radio network on the call there. If I was a color analyst and that play's happening, I'm taking my headphones off and I'm standing to the side and I'm cheering the whole, woo, yeah, yeah, woo. Like, what? you didn't need to add that every 10 yards. We don't need that. We, we, can, we didn't need that. Get out of the way. I don't know why there's so many color guys that have a hard time doing that. Joe like, Burrow averaged 5.1 net yards per pass during that game. That Cincinnati offense was blah. It was not good, but this is, I mean, again, it's a byproduct of what is happening around you. Joe, we all know how talented Joe Burrow is. We know how skilled he is. They've had an unbelievable season again, and we'll see what happens this weekend in Buffalo. He was without three starting offensive linemen. Oh, I'm not blaming Joe. Oh, I know I'm just yeah. saying, like, like the out, yeah, that speaks. It was to the not good. It, I think it's just a reminder that you know every quarterback needs a little bit of help, even one as talented as Joe Burrow. And the second you take that away, all of a sudden these deep threats. You can argue the Bengals have the best wide receiver core in the NFL. You can't get the ball downfield. The Baltimore Ravens have a very good defense, especially in the back half of the year after getting Roquan Smith. They can get after the quarterback as good as anybody in the league right now. They got good corners and good Humphrey corners, Peters, right? The yeah. big time size, you know, physical corners on the outside, and and you can't protect for a five seven step drop. So everything's got to be underneath. This is what happens when offensive linemen get hurt. Their biggest concern needs to be what's Jonah Williams and his dislocated kneecap. How long is that going to take uh, to heal? Kappa, who missed the game, is he going to be able to play this upcoming weekend? Because if you don't have an offensive line again i don't care how good joe burrow is we know he's got the talent if he doesn't have any time to throw the football you're probably not going to win they they got a kiss from the gods this this was a gift from the football gods sometimes they go against you sometimes they go for you if if baltimore pulls their head out of their ass and calls just a relevant one yard play where you hand it off or do a zone read anything other than trying to make a small quarterback jump over the line of scrimmage and extend the ball from like the two yard line they score there baltimore wins this game I don't think Cincinnati had any more offense left in him. They had multiple drives in the fourth quarter after that play to try and put it away. They even got the benefit of a roughing the punter call that extended a drive after a three and out. They couldn't move the football at all in the fourth quarter of that game, but a 98-yard defensive return for a touchdown, and the Bengals are on a divisional round. John Harbaugh, this is, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know where I really stood on the whole Cincinnati minus eight and a half thing just to use the spread as a reference point against these two teams. But I understood a lot of people that wanted to hammer the Bengals here. It's Tyler Huntley. It's a makeshift Raven situation that's floundering. Okay, and it's in Cincinnati. John Harbaugh in the wild card is undefeated against the spread, and now that was his first loss. John Harbaugh is a hell of a coach, and what he had those guys doing. Did you see his Melissa Stark interview, by the way? I did. He was fiery. That was contentious. Very contentious. And I don't think he liked those questions, and I think we need to stop doing those interviews in-game. I do, too. We get nothing from them. It's all coach speak. I don't. If you want one like pregame, like, hey, coach, how you feeling? Your team ready to go? Yeah, we're ready to go. Okay, let's go kick the game off. Like, in-game, if I'm a coach, I don't want to go talk to a reporter after the first quarter. She asked the right questions, too, but, like, yeah. he doesn't want to answer those questions in the moment. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and he got killed for the clock management late in that game, and I, I get it. It looked really bad they huddled with like a minute to go they burned a lot of time 
This is the difficult part we're in, though, in this era of the NFL, is that if, if you go hurry up and you score, what do we all scream? You left too much too time. Too much time on yep. the clock. And he was trying to run the clock down and find a way to score, and they were in, they were a millimeter, yeah. a millimeter away from catching that God. Hail Mary. What's, the, what's his name? Almost caught that on the deflection. He was diving down. down. What is it? Uh... Is it like Porsche or is it the Duvernay? I couldn't remember who the hell it <laughs> number was. Number three. I know it's number three on the Ravens. He almost got that damn name. thing, man. It was incredible. Uh, just unbelievable. That was a great game, though. A good divisional AFC North physical, low, like defensive yeah. game. That, w- that one was a lot of fun to watch. Well, uh, there's some Sunday action. Let's get to some of the Saturday action. We will talk about the Chargers blowing their lead and the <laughs> Niners coming back against the Seahawks. Our number two and Sam Monson at 730. 